start us off on like a like a, a down note here, but I'm asking because I'm I'm legitimately interested. Um, Lucas, I wanted to ask about um, Yukihiro Takahashi. I know that that's oh. a guy. That's a guy who you're talking about. You've uh, on social media recently, and I'm not as familiar with him. Some of our listeners may be, but he, he passed away recently, and it seemed to to affect you quite a bit, and I wanted to ask a little bit about who he is and what he means to you, if that's okay. I really am happy that you brought this up, Will. I feel like we haven't had an in-memoriam on ECL uh, since the SpongeBob guy, which mm. I wish I remembered his name because it feels disrespectful, uh, passed away. Uh, Hill- Hillenburg. Uh, thank Steve, you, Steve thank Hillenburg. you. Yeah. Uh, Yukihiro Takahashi, he was the drummer for the Japanese band uh, YMO, which stands for Yellow Magic Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of our listeners maybe not as familiar with Japanese music, the way uh, there, you know, this is kind of an awkward comparison because it's not one to one. YMO is YMO, and the Beatles are the Beatles, but I like to describe them as the Japanese Beatles, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this band that popped up in the late 70s um, that you don't even have to be a fan of Japanese music, uh, a fan of electronic music in general, are basically groundbreaking electronic music band. One of the very first, you know, predates New Order of that era of craft work, uh, essentially creating the genre of electronic music. And all of the members of YMO, much like the Beatles, went on to have very successful solo careers, You know, uh, Ryuchi Sakamoto has done multiple movie soundtracks that you might be familiar with. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, The Revenant. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, what is the other gentleman's name? Oh, Hiromu Hosano. um, Hiromi Hosano. He uh, has inspired tons of music. I know that Mac DeMarco did an album covering his songs. Uh, Harry Styles said his album Harry's House was inspired by uh, Husanu's house. Um, but the most kind of underrated member of YMO is uh, Yukihiro Takahashi. He was the drummer, so kind of the... And, and in many ways, similar to Ringo in that he was the cute one, the drummer, and the goofy one of the group. <laughs> um, and if you haven't heard his, the music of YMO before, do yourself a favor and go look up some YMO live videos on YouTube because they're absolutely r- incredible. Uh, just an incredible band unlike anything else, not only in world music, but just in music in general. Um, and he was a huge part of that with his drumming and his charisma and swagger. Uh, but he also went on to have solo music as well, which I uh, encourage anyone to look up the animation connection here is that he did the soundtrack to an anime I'm very fond of, Nadia, Secret of the Blue Water. Um, but yeah, he did some cover. My my a song I discovered recently after he passed away. I've been listening to a ton of his music uh, in memoriam, and a song I re- he covered, Helpless, by Crosby, Stills and Nash, mm. uh, and it's an incredibly emotional. Uh, cover of the song, especially given that the guy just passed away. So, yes, I'm glad that you gave me the, the platform to talk about uh, one of my other interests outside of Arthur, Japanese music. But, yeah, I highly recommend the works of uh, not just YMO, but the solo works of, of Yukihiro Takahashi. Thanks, Will. Yeah, you're welcome. And like I said, it's uh, if, seeing it from the outside, it seemed like something that was close to your heart, and that's mm-hmm. kind of... that That's a part of the matter of... This episode of Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast, where we're going to be rounding out season 15 of Arthur with the final episode of the season. And also we're going to be saying goodbye to the end of an era, which we will we'll talk about a bit later. Uh, will Young here. That's Lucas Mancini. And of course, unfortunately, um, this week that we're recording this, um, I think this 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 is something both you and I probably have feelings about. And I promise we'll get to Arthur in just a second. But um, while we're kind of memorializing people um lucas and i both are wrestling fans fans of professional wrestling mm-hmm. and this week um somebody who is one of the i'd say a real unsung talent in terms of the grand scheme of the modern wrestling scene but like in retrospect maybe one of the, uh, take maybe out of there one of the best american independent wrestlers of the past 20 years and his name is Jay Briscoe um Jameen Pugh and he passed away very suddenly this week uh really sad situation but you know want I want to offer up the fact that we both 
want to wish condolences to everybody who's affected by this and uh, and best wishes as well. His uh, he was involved in a car crash and members of his family are in different stages of uh, either critical or just in hospitalized. So we really hope are hoping the best for that situation. It was a real it it really felt like a a slap to the face just reading about that because he was he's only 38 years old barely older than than me or or Lucas and just yeah just something that really takes you by surprise as a fan of anything and sometimes I mean sometimes stuff is just not fair and this really felt like it so just wanted to put that out there as well that uh you know Jay Briscoe mm-hmm. rest in peace one of the one of the best you know, one of the best talents in the company that he started in, Ring of Honor, one of one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time, and in his own right, has a claim as a really tremendous professional wrestler, and as many people have said, a devoted family man, uh, from all accounts as well, and friend. Yeah, tough week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that the the, the, the Takahashi thing was la- last week. I want was it or the week before. I, I think it no I think it was it was either at the start of this week or over the weekend yeah it mm. just happened okay yeah you're right tough week in in many respects but uh like I said it's actually in a broad broad way it's gonna tie into uh, a theme that we're gonna be touching on in this yeah. episode of the podcast um want to say right away um we get I get a little uh, notification every time we get a new review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you to listener John Gregorio for the positive review. Also want to give a shout out to one of our uh patrons AB Koblenz in the Discord. I don't know if you saw this Lucas. He made our Muffy Photoshop come to life. Oh, I didn't see this. Look, I'll look for it right now. Bl- Was it in bl- the ECL stuff channel? I think it's in the Arthur channel. I'm going to I'm going to check and Make sure as well. Oh no no, um, it's in the ECL show. Okay, discussion. sure. Yeah, Butler Butler did what? This is great. I'm gonna give this a laugh react. And if you want to be a part of this fun, uh, will how can folks get into this Discord that we're talking about right now? Well, of course, that is one of the perks we offer as being a patron over at Patreon.com/slash/ElwoodCityLimits. We've also we've increased uh kind of perks this year, or at least changed them up a bit. Uh, as we've been mentioning before, um, you get every episode of Elwood City Limits a week early, and you also get our side series, which includes For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, and our new side series, which is called ECL Origins. We're going to have a new episode of that coming up next week for patrons. We're finally talking about Yvonne of the Yukon, something that we've been wanting to talk about, wanting to have a reason to talk about for a very, very long time. We're very excited to do that. Uh, while we're here, might as well just say thank you to everybody who subscribes to us over there. And we want to thank especially patrons like uh, Light Relentless. We want to say thank you to Jake Bailey and to uh, we want to say thank you to Kristen. We want to say thank you. There's a lot of X's just making sure everybody gets mentioned. I uh, want to say thank you to Revd. Thank you to Hannah Kitten. Thank you very much to Kirsten and Emmy the Ghost. Thank you to Anthony Williams, Lauren Rodriguez, and DJ Richopo. Uh, thank you to Josh and Dallow and Matt M. Want to say thank you to Cecil Robinson and Melissa H. And also want to say thank you finally to Nehemiah Unamook. So thank you, everybody, and to Alex Kablentz as well uh, for your patronage and for that cool Photoshop. Thank you, everybody. Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And also... We have one piece of email this week that is actually from a patron of ours. That would be Kat Ledbetter, who has wonderful taste in movies and also just had a an album come out. If you search up Dog Fan Club on Bandcamp, uh, her album is great. I, rec- I bought it myself and listened to it and uh, worth, worth a whole listen the whole way through. Kat is very, very talented. We've been sitting on this email from June, June 2022, because way back then, Kat sent us an email about her relation to the episode we're going to talk about, Grandpa Dave's Memory Album. And it was a really nice email, and I asked Kat if she wanted to expand on her thoughts a little, because I thought it might kind of help us with what this episode is about. And she did. So she sent me a bit of a longer email. Which I will read, but thank you for the initial email in June, Kat. So here's what Kat says. 
I want to start by praising Arthur for handling the subject of dementia with care and kindness. I wasn't introduced to this episode until six or so months ago, and I'm beyond thankful I found it. In school, we learned about dementia and Alzheimer's, but never really discussed the diseases in depth at any level of education. If I had seen this as a child, I would have been less scared when it became a part of my family. Every case is different. The timeline for each stage and the way symptoms present are different. That being said, I believe they showed the start of dementia perfectly. The short-term memory loss and forgetting newer memories first is accurate to the disease. Media and the world almost always brushes dementia off as simply forgetting memories and little things. I've seen people online even call it cute because, oh, they're so forgetful it's precious, when in reality it's not. Dementia is one of, if not the worst, disease that could happen to someone. I applaud Arthur for not falling into this common trope, but instead portraying reality. As in depth they could for a sh- as in depth as they could for a short time span episode directed towards a very young audience. I think showing this episode to kids or any age really is extremely important. My mama, like Grandpa Dave, suffered from dementia for several years but until her passing in August of 2021. Arthur's reaction to Grandpa Dave forgetting his name was exactly like mine. I remember the first time Mama forgot mine. During the early stages, my family would go over to her house to drop off her meals for the day. As I was leaving from giving her the supper container, she looked at me and asked, Who are you again? I felt the exact pain and heartbreak Arthur felt. I held it together until I got into my car. I cried. Arthur's reaction, like mine, was realistic and normal. Not fully understanding why she'd forgotten me was rough. It took time to accept. Another connection I have with this episode is the memory book. When my mom was first diagnosed, we printed a bunch of photos for her to sort. She loved her photos. After a while, we found her writing names on the back of who the photo was of. We took it upon ourselves to put name tags at the bottom of each photo. Something I like to do sometimes is continue storylines of shows and movies in my head. This episode is one of those. I can't say if they carry Grandpa Dave's dementia into the rest of the show, but if they did, I feel like it would be exactly how it went for me. Seeing Mom Reed taking up the primary caregiver role in this episode is mirrored in my life, just how my mother cared for my mama. She took her to the doctor, helped her with medicine, and eventually moved in with her full-time for about two years. I feel Mom Reed would do the same thing, or have Grandpa Dave move in with them while fully caring for him. I view myself as Arthur. One of the last things people lose is music. I would often sing to or with my mama as a way to connect with her and or bring her joy. Arthur would definitely play piano for Grandpa Dave, and maybe DW would sing. One of the most important things this episode came from Francine's booby. During the scene where she's sitting with Arthur and Francine, she states that no matter what happens, Grandpa Dave is always going to be... Arthur's grandpa. My mother and I would discuss, often discuss the same thing, that no matter what my mama always knew, we were hers and she always loved us. The connection was always present. Love is the one thing they will never forget. So I think we're going to talk about this through as we discuss the episode itself, but I wanted to put Kat's feelings there, and I imagine that some of our listeners probably have a reaction to this episode as well. So again, uh, we always invite your... Um, your input. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com is how you can email us. You can also uh, send us messages on the social media. And uh, as always, you can keep it You can keep it private. Just let me know. Or you can we can read it on the air. Whatever. The choice is up to you. Uh, this is a personal subject. And I've been waiting for us to talk about this episode for a long time. In fact, I actually watched this one early. I watched it last week because I was so, like, anticipating it so much. Especially since you told me it was the end of Grandpa Dave. Like, I was, I, I didn't know what the implications would be. I didn't know if there was going to be a narrative writing Grandpa Dave out of the show with this episode. So, a big episode. Um, yeah, so I said that, I, I probably said that on the last episode. And of course, this is always subject to um, correction, usually from someone such as uh, Peebs. And, oh. you know, I, I, I welcome that. But... I'm fairly certain that this is the last appearance of Grandpa Dave as a character, this episode, uh, which the one we were talking about, we were talking about Grandpa Dave's memory album. Yeah, so this is kind of it. And it's a... It, it, it's not an... It's not a... It's not a completely happy place to leave the character, but it's also not... It's not as negative as I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, this is the last time we'll probably hear Grandpa Dave's voice actor. I think anything else beyond this is like he appears in a photo or appears in the background, but is not really like a character anymore. Wow. 
you know, it's a bit it's a bit different than the memorials that we were doing, you know, when very real people passed away. But for me, it's 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 too bad just because I feel like, as we've said many times, Grandpa Dave is at the center of at least one of like both of our favorite episodes of the series. And and he's not in the show all that much, but he's very he's very memorable. He's always been very memorable. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's always been kind of playing sick and fiddle to Grandma Thora. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked at nauseum. It's almost to the degree that it's a, it's a meme within the ECL community. Um, the gold standard for serious Arthur storytelling is Grandpa Dave's Country Farm. So I'm sure you're all at home wondering, does Grandpa Dave's, uh, D- Grandpa Dave's memory album live up to that gold standard? Well, of course, and we will get into it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I got, I, I got a pleasant surprise in starting this episode because who's doing this cold open? It's Bubby, Francine's Bubby, voiced by Joan Rivers. She's back and she's all over this episode. This, I was so happy. Yeah, and this is a great cold open too. Um, they make really good use of Francine's Bubby talks like no other character on Arthur. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. She's Joan Rivers. But often the celebrities, I, I, I feel like whenever a celebrity is guesting on Arthur, it could go one of two ways. You know, it could go, do the Matt Damon way where they are essentially a blank slate. Um, yeah. Uh, and then sometimes they do really fun characterizations. And this is an example of really making the best of your celebrity guest star. Um, great opening as she's just kind of monologuing about what it's like to be old, the good and the bad. Yeah, it's it's different than like Frank, the architect Frank Geary being like, that's right, George. Now I'll show you how to build. Like, and, and no disrespect to the man. It's yeah, just like, of course. he's he's not a he's not a persona the way Joan Rivers is. So, you know, th- like so much of my notes is just lines from her. So just like, it makes me feel like singing, but don't worry, I'll spare you. And just, yeah, going around talking about that actually, like there are some drawbacks, but there are also some great things about getting old, kind of priming the pump for what this episode story is about. Um, you know, she's she's like, your knees don't work as well. So when you drop something, you have to pick it up the first time or you have to leave it there. Big deal. The dog will eat it. And she's just, <laughs> she's like, I was going to say inimitable, but you can easily imitate her. But there's nobody quite who is quite like Joan Rivers. Um, and so, yeah, so like the good things about getting old is that like any time could be nap time and you never stop making friends. And her her t- she's like she's. um told off screen it's kind of like a video reviewer cliche of somebody who we can't hear saying that the cold open is over to which she she kind of uh protests this and she's like it's public television why don't we all just stop and smell the roses (laughs) it was it was great it was such a such a fun bright way to start off the episode and i was and i had also been hoping i kept thinking like you know every time we see booby is probably the last time because i don't know how often she recurs so this was a wonderful surprise i had no idea she was part of this episode so the actual episode has to do with grandpa dave of course he's visiting the reeds uh while he's in town to see the doctor because as we know he like lives on his own farm until now and so he's coming into the city and visiting everybody it's um they they, they start off rather slow in terms of what what exactly the episode is about you know there's a bit of comedy at the start where uh arthur is putting up the cot for grandpa and dw is very excited for him to get there um we get the rare um kind of landmark in time of where we are because when they pick up grandpa dave dw refers to aunt lucy's wedding from the first season right and she says that she says that just happened this summer so we're past the summer into the new school year it, it you know there's no snow on the ground my guess would be maybe like september or mm-hmm. uh maybe like the next year but march or april or something i don't know like the arthur timeline you would ha- I, it's not something that i'm willing to map out at least not at this well, point no, in my it life does, it doesn't actually make any sense because he's always in third grade except we've experienced like six different christmases <laughs> yeah. um Eight different autumns, yeah, like five different Halloweens. um, Yet he's perpetually in third grade. It's Um, it's either that or it's like it's the most Arthur lives the most jam packed wild life that anybody could ever hope to live as an eight year old. (laughs) 
Except we've had two New Years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so um, they, go, they go to pick him up. Grandpa seems a little bit more forgetful than usual. But I, the, So I think the last episode that was really heavily involving him was the one with the... With the treasure map, where you know, it was more like Grandpa Dave is getting old, so he's not as active as he used to be. Yeah, I and, mean, even in Grandpa Dave's old country farm, you know, he's already too old to properly take care of the farm by himself. There's a room full of chickens. That's true, but he was still very like physical. He was very active and up to the up to the challenge, kind of like it's. He really had trouble organizing himself. Was was the real problem there. He also mentions a couple times in this episode, uh, he makes a special country stew that is apparently his specialty. What do you think's in in a in a Grandpa Dave special country stew? Oh, I, whatever it is, I bet it is bussing. I bet it's awesome. So, like, um, probably, like, I'm trying to think. Uh, if we're talking meat, probably, my guess would be, like, a beef of some kind. Yes. Hardy, you know that hardy. country stew's mm-hmm. hardy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, if it's a stew, then probably like some potatoes in there. Um, mm. If you really some want celery, hardy. yeah, okay, carrots probably. Yes, please, all the root vegetables. Oh, I want some stew, Will. You're getting me hungry. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna be having snow tomorrow, so it's gonna be a great day for stew uh, if you can get it. And then probably like, I don't know, I, I I don't really make stew, so I'm just trying to think of something else to make it really nice and thick. Uh, jeez, I'm. I just had pulled up a stew recipe. Uh, <laughs> da, 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 da. we need to take that class that's in the next episode we're talking about. Yeah, actually, um, that's not a bad idea. Ooh, how about some three tablespoons of tomato paste to really get that stuff thick? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, and and add two tablespoons of cornstarch to even add further to the thickness. Perfect. I think that's. I think that's Grandpa Dave's country stew right there. Uh, sounds good to me. So they. Arthur and DW looking forward to playing with Grandpa Dave, and he's up for it. Like he's he's very much still uh, an an active active grandpa. Like he he um, he's playing with them. He's listening to DW sing, not so great. And then they play hide and seek with him, but he ends up forgetting that he was playing. We they see him later as DW is hiding in the treehouse, and like he'll never find me here. And then he never just never looks for them. So they have to have a talk before Grandpa Dave goes to the doctor because he says that his memory is starting to go, which DW has a hard time understanding at first. He explains that he has a disease. So they never say dementia. They never say Alzheimer's or anything of the like. They do explicitly say that he has a disease that affects his memory. And Arthur especially takes it quite personally. He takes it quite hard in a way that's hard for him to understand at first because Grandpa Dave forgets his name. When they come in, you know, they say, like, it's like, why didn't you come looking for us? We were playing hide and seek. And he's like, oh, I, I, sorry, I forgot. Sorry about that. Uh, Archie? N- no, uh, wait a minute. Uh, Arnold? Like, l- forgets his name, which is, you know, a little bit sh- shocking, I guess I'll say, if that, if, if you're on the other end of that. I, I personally can't say, um, I have had family members that have had a form of dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever you want to call it, but I was very, I was very little and I I was not an, you know, I was not on interacting terms with them. Like my, my dad's mother, my, my grandmother had Alzheimer's, but she, um, like I was too young. We, she, she didn't really, we didn't really talk that much. Um, there's a family member of mine right now who I believe is in, might be in the early stages. So this is, um, I mean, it's, this is pretty, pretty accurate. And thankfully we have cats. Um, we have cats view on it as well. So it seems to be, I, I, I can't imagine that there wasn't some kind of experience on the Arthur creative team, because this is unfortunately can be, I don't know about common, but it's not uncommon when, um, we have a family member who gets to this age and they don't tiptoe around the diagnosis. Uh, they, I appreciate that they use a very light touch here. And of course it's like it's Arthur. It's I'm not expecting this to be like a great huge affair, but it's like they do, he's he lays it exactly what it is. They don't say the terms and they don't really talk about the future. They don't talk about what's going to happen because unfortunately as we live here in 2023, there is no cure. 
for this. And certainly not back when this episode was made. It's very much this will continue to happen until Grandpa Dave dies. We, but we, but we don't think about that. And really, you don't have to. Like it's, it, it's for another time. And that other time, I'm gonna go on a limb and say they don't talk about it on Arthur. But it's to to do with to start with. And it's probably common to what a lot of kids how they first encounter um, this sort of disease. So I appreciated, as Kat has said, the way that they handled it was very um, appropriate to the audience watching it. It's it's to the point where um, I I mentioned this somewhere and I don't remember where they actually made like a a guide to this an online guide on the official Arthur website for how to talk to a child about dementia wow. or Alzheimer's I yeah have no idea and they use this episode as the basis and it's very much like here is how to tell them what is happening you know without getting too serious about it like to, to break it down in terms of the of like a very young child so and, and which i think is great i think that's so good that we made this resource out of this yeah i'm sorry i don't have much to add it's funny and this is not indicative of the quality of this episode but this episode is kind of laser focused on yes. this subject kind of mm-hmm. once it kicks into gear and as a result i don't have that many notes um it really once once we get grandpa dave's diagnosis uh it, it kind of just unfurls from there, uh, and it's all kind of from Arthur's perspective, just kind of wrestling with uh, the situation. So I don't have a lot to add. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. And that's uh, I, I, I agree with you. Like, there's not a, as many notes as for a more plot-dense episode of Arthur. Um, they do explicitly say that Grandpa Dave is going to be moving closer to the Reed family from now on. So that that sucks, because, like... In, because if we, if we know this is the last time we're going to really be seeing Grandpa Dave as a character, it's like, but he's right there. Like, now he's in town. Like, the, the, I think the reason we see Grandma Thor so much is because she lives in Elwood City. And now it's like we removed the thing that has kept Grandpa Dave away, which is the farm. But now we're not going to talk to him anymore. And it's just too bad that we kind of lose out on a good character. So, anyway... um. So Arthur is dealing with this. DW is young enough that she's quite, um, like, she's taking it in stride. And she decides that she's going to make a memory book for Grandpa Dave to help him remember. Which is funny because it the the episode is called his memory album, but they only say memory book. They don't call it an album in the episode. So she's going to make a memory book. She's going to put a bunch of photos together so that Grandpa Dave can remember everybody. But Arthur is very resistant to this. He's, you know, he's very frustrated and angry. Um, there's a there's a great transition where, you know, DW says, I'm only going to put one photo of you in the book. And it's a and it's a photo of Arthur with his eyes crossed and frowning and looking off camera. <laughs> and then they go from that picture to Arthur holding the exact same pose in the park where he is stormed away to. And so, like, I, I love stuff like that. I love transitions like that. And it's in the park where we run across Francine and Francine's Booby again. And we get it's like every time Booby's on screen, we got like a little a little mini Joan Rivers routine going on. That you know they accidentally hit him with the frisbee, just like, oh, Arthur, are you okay? How many fingers am I holding up? And uh, they eventually, <laughs> um, Arthur does admit to Booby and Francine that he's upset that his grandpa Dave seems to be forgetting who he is. And so Bubby's Bubby says, can we talk about this over some pastrami? This one's got, got me running all around like a golden retriever. So they go back to Francine's apartment and have some pastrami. It's a great way to talk about upsetting news. It certainly helps the medicine go down easier. Yeah. So Bubby, um, Bubby does talk to Arthur a little bit about this and she does as, as Kat's email said, um, mentions that even though he may grandpa Dave may forget things, he's still your grandfather and he loves you very, very much. So to help with the whole thing, Arthur invites Bubby and Francine over for dinner at the Reed house where grandpa Dave is going to be. And that's where they're going to present him with the memory album. Um, (laughs) Francine mentions at the apartment that like, it's like, does Bubby want to come over? Yeah, sure. If you don't mind her cleaning up. And then later, Bubby's like, I'll do the dishes. If I don't keep moving, I'll fossilize. 
<laughs> like that's that's just who she is. She's always going. She's always doing something. She's very very much has to have a direction. She's not good at sitting still. Um, so they show Grandpa Dave the memory album. It has all of the like all of these photos of different events. Uh, like there's a picture of like D.W. at Aunt Lucy's wedding. I mean, we're getting into the end of the episode here, but they also um, have pictures that they got from Francine and her booby of Elwood City as it used to be in like Grandpa Dave's heyday. And uh, he's looking at these photos and he says, you know, uh, essentially his short term memory isn't that great. But the things from long ago, he can remember no problem. So him and Bubby start to reminisce over these old photos of Elwood City. There's one. And, of, and that, that's yeah. actually accurate to what I've heard about Alzheimer's and dementia, right? Is that your older memories are the ones that stay uh, and it's it becomes harder to make new memories. Yes, precise, precisely. And uh, and of course, if you may have seen that, probably that viral video from some years ago of that uh, dementia patient who kind of has a degree of reminiscence over like music. And that's what mm-hmm. Kat was talking about in the email. So yeah, as we end off the episode, uh, Grandpa Dave and Bubby are like remembering how Elwood City used to be. Uh, in the photo that we see, it's like, a, it's like a photo of Bubby when she was probably in her like 20s or something. I just noticed her head was really weirdly shaped in that photo. I don't know <laughs> if you caught that. I didn't notice it, no. Okay. Um, yeah, and the the one last thing I wanted to note is, you know, the big line that we have here is the this Grandpa Dave feels bad that he is forgetting things and that he will continue to forget things, and he apologizes to Arthur and DW, and they both give him a hug with the book, and Arthur says, even if you do forget my name once in a while, I'm still your grandson, which was a really, really nice way to put that, so... Yeah, that's. I think we're prob- we may have more to say about this in terms of our final thoughts on the episode. So we're gonna get into that either in just a moment or right after this. Supporting this podcast is how it keeps going, and it's very easy to do. So here's how you can do that. If you're listening to this show and want to get the full back catalog of Elwood City Limits and all of its sister shows and offshoots, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even more services. You can also go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits, for the full back catalog. If we aren't on a service you use, please let us know. You can interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, at ECL Podcast, Instagram, at at Elwood City Limits and twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits pod for our occasional streams. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or you can email us and your email might be read on the show. Elwood City Limits at gmail.com. Finally, for exclusive content, including entire side series like For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast and ECL Origins, subscribe to us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's all for now. Thanks a lot for listening. And now back to the show. And this is it. The final Arthur story of season 15. The final traditionally animated Arthur feature is Buster's Carpool Catastrophe. And I got one more final for you, Lucas. This is the last Arthur episode to feature friend of the show, Dallas Jokic, as the voice of Arthur. Wow. I um, I, It's so weird that this is the last one and not grandpa dave's memory album like grandpa dave's memory (laughs) album has the feel of a series finale like it's kind of impactful it feels like i literally closing the memory book on an era of arthur uh buster's carpool catastrophe well let's get into it (laughs) you almost could have probably made uh the grandpa dave episode like a double length like and i wouldn't i wouldn't have been upset about that have more time to sit with it but yeah so this one starts off with Buster, Muffy, and Arthur, who are the main three of this episode. They are at a cooking class that they're taking on the regular under a French French chef named Francois Pouffaut. Did that, way, did, that did that name uh, ring any bells for you, Lucas? Francois Pouffaut is this some sort of pop culture reference? Well, yeah, I thought you would. You might know the name of French director Francois Truffaut. Truffaut, yes, I I, I am familiar. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't notice. I, I think I didn't notice the the name of the guy in this episode. I was just scrambling to write him down as throwaway character of the week. By the way, is he played by Bruce Didsmore? I'm not sure. Um, I didn't. I kind of meant to look up who plays him. Uh, that's a that's a good question though. I wouldn't be surprised. It didn't sound. It didn't have the same vocal signature that uh, 
that he has, but I, maybe, maybe, maybe he just kind of bent his voice enough. Uh, so on the IMDb page, which as in previous interviews can be, uh, uh, don't completely trust it, but it's credited to an actor named Tony Robinow. Okay. Who well, he also, does a fantastic job. Who also has apparently played Sue Ellen's dad on the show. And has been in a bunch of other, like, Montreal-based voice and acting projects. Tony Robinow. Um, yes, <laughs> he's he's quite the he's quite the character. Um, he's kind of they model him a little bit after Gordon Ramsay because he has like he has his own reality show called Preparing with Pufo, and he's known to be like very abrasive and direct. He's not swearing at anybody, but he's very like tell he tells it like it is. Yes. So his his lesson is all about asking what the most important food is. Uh, Buster guesses potato chips. To which he and of course he's French, so he has a French accent. Just like uh, potato chips, they have the trans fats. Better you should eat dirt. Uh, <laughs> Muffy says chicken licking chick sticks with cheddarola. To which he says, you know, never mention this chicken licking to me again. <laughs> and Arthur guesses a fancy pastry filled with fruit. Um, so the answer, according to the chef, is bread. And the fruit pastry is because Arthur wants to make like a type of dessert in time for his dad's birthday. And that's why he took this cooking class. And he really wants to get to that, but he were there starting at the very, very basics right. in terms of learning how to make bread. The French chef says you must crawl before you can walk. Mm-hmm. So the, this is called Buster's carpool catastrophe because the, 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 the cooking class is kind of secondary to what we're actually talking about, which is that Muffy, who was originally being driven to the cooking class by Bailey, has to carpool in Buster's car with Buster and Arthur after her limo breaks down. Um, Which, by the way... Yeah. Is this cooking class, like, a state over? We watch the commute to this cooking (laughs) class, and they are, like, on rural roads with cows. (laughs) Where is this cooking class? Like, usually a cooking class is at, like, a community center. Yeah. Or a community college. But, yeah, it seems like they're going to this guy's house in another state. Well, and so if we think about it as, like, Pennsylvania, which it's, it's strange that, like, the reality show chef wouldn't be doing this in, like, you know, the, like, if if you think of Elwood City as, like, the capital city of its state, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't know, probably have equal evidence for either, but if it's not there, then, like, yeah, where is it? Unless you think of, like, if Elwood City is, like, the Allentown of its state, then they have to go to, like, the Philadelphia of El- of mm. of the state or something like that. I that's a really good point, and I didn't, city. I didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it is in Crown City. I don't know because there is a there is a rec center in Elwood City where this could be taught. You would think, but he is also a very famous um, uh, TV chef. So maybe they do have to drive to Crown City or something. That's Lucas. I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't even really register that. This is quite a trek because on the way, the whole thing is that we get into all kinds of like scrapes and scrambles in these carpools and Buster is the one who's really like hyped about it. He's really jazzed about it. Just like he's going on a carpool with his friends. They're going to have so much fun and he's prepared like games and music and stuff like that. Um, The other, one of the other threads going into this is, is that Muffy wants to create her own cooking show. So she brings along a camera. Uh, We get some potential names for her cooking show. Uh, Crosswires, classy kitchen, or Muffy Master Chef. I would probably go with the first one myself. Yeah, the second one seems like a little close to another TV show. <laughs> um, yeah, so Buster is very into the idea of a carpool. It's actually quite cute. And he calls it Buster Baxter's super cool cooking class carpool. And he introduces it as such. Now, the the other other thing is that... So Bitsy is the one who's driving everybody. Her car is a real beater. <laughs> like everything that could be wrong with like a used car is here. There's the squeaky door that sticks when you open and when you close it. The seats are all ripped up. It's loud because there's probably a problem with the muffler. The CD player is broken. The AC is like super, super weak. I'm surprised it worked at all. So it's like, you know, the worst car you've ever driven or like yes. the worst car you've ever ridden in. Uh, times two. 
She has a faulty GPS system. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's like this weird off-market GPS that Muffy later points out. It's just like, isn't that the one that they recalled? <laughs> and it leads them into near disaster. Um, so they, Muff, Muffy obviously hates this. This the whole the whole trip is weird. Like Arthur brings a bag of fruit that he can hopefully make into a. Uh, into this pastry for his dad, which is funny later uh, when they actually get to the cooking class. And Muffy, they they uh, put down the window to help out the AC, and her bonnet flies away. So she is not impressed at all. Uh, they have their lesson at the cooking class once they get there about making bread. Um, <laughs> uh, Muffy doesn't doesn't actually like the thought of touching food or getting dirty. Which, as the chef says, and and it's true, you know, if you want to make good food, you have to get a little messy sometimes. Um, so, and and he gives the direction uh, to Muffy of just like you have to knead it, knead it, knead the dough. Um, he actually Buster is surprisingly successful. I was wondering if this would be a plot point. It isn't, but it's Buster gets complimented because he doesn't do anything with his dough. And it, like, <laughs> rises. It looks like a giant egg on the table. And, yeah, uh, we get a great reaction shot of uh, Muffy and Arthur looking <laughs> confused and Buster getting uh, complimented for not doing anything to his dough. The other thing I liked is that Arthur brought in all these fruits and was going to ask to for Chef Pufo to help make a pastry. But <laughs> all, the f- all the fruit he brought is not the type that you would make a pastry of. It's just, like, like grapes bananas oranges and he's like no i need i need berries fresh berries and it's just it was just funny of just like yeah that's right you wouldn't make a like a, a sweet pastry out of any of those it's like he it's he didn't bring in one single usable fruit it's a really little little kid thing to do they carpool for a second time it's also disastrous as you mentioned uh bitsy's GPS is defective and it leads them off the road and this time it had to be this time Buster decides that he's going to bring a bowl of hard-boiled eggs mostly okay. mostly hard-boiled <laughs> eggs this bit is hilarious so yeah they're mostly hard-boiled eggs um, the ones that are hard-boiled are marked with an H except one of them might be an I which Buster goes I wonder what that means <laughs> um, and with this have you seen those TikTok or maybe Instagram real videos will where someone has ordered like 12 waters for McDonald's and they're holding them in the back seat going yeah. please be careful <laughs> and then someone will go over a speed bump and then people have um, added onto this trend by just adding more and more waters till you see videos yes. where you can't even see the person because they're behind so many waters in the back seat that's mm-hmm. what this reminds me of a buster <laughs> with this bowl of uncovered eggs there's also another video in this genre that's I think a little bit older that's not part of a trend or anything but it's like a guy in the back seat with a pot of gumbo with no lid and he's like calling his mom being like mama why'd you give us a gumbo with no lid it's about to spill all over the car and he's literally balancing it on like a piece of cardboard and the gumbo I'll see if I can find it will because if you haven't seen this video um you, you it's it's I would say the magnum opus of the genre I think I have seen that that sounds familiar but yeah I do like those videos a lot especially because once you realize it's a trend like I think that makes it a little funnier of people having to buy this many drinks and then just forcing a friend of theirs to get completely doused it's really funny um, and yeah, no, I didn't think of that watching this, but it's very much like that because, of course, uh, in the middle of the GPS, putting them onto the shoulder of the highway, Buster's eggs go everywhere and splatter everybody. Um, this kind of, you know, this is worse than the first time, and Buster's hopes are dashed about having a fun carpool. So he decides he's going to bring his music, and he's going to just listen to music on the way. You know... We, I wouldn't call this an Arthur meme alert necessarily, but you know, there is one of the most popular and enduring Arthur memes is the one where he has his headphones on, but they aren't in his ears. They're where our ears would be. And you know, it's something to, you know, the caption is like, I know his ass ain't listening or something, (laughs) something like that. Buster did it first. So Buster is wearing his headphones like around his temples. So they're like, obviously his, his ears are different because they're bunny ears. But the headphones aren't for his bunny ears. 
they're also not where our ears are supposed to be. They're kind of they're kind of on like his temples. They're like resting in factory position on his head. Very strange. <laughs> it does look really weird. So this time around, you know, Buster's hopes are dashed a little bit, but Bitsy tries to make it fun for them, and they play car bingo. Um, and this actually is something that the three kids enjoy doing. Um, have you ever played like car bingo or like a variation of that? No, I've definitely played I Spy. Sure. You know, I, I've played all sorts of car games, but I was actually left thinking like car bingo seems like a, a cool idea. Now, it's going to be an issue if you're not in one of these, if you're in Arizona or something, your car bingo is going to be <laughs> a lot more different. Um, you know, driving through the desert as opposed to rural farmland. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it seems fun. So yeah, they do have fun. They do they do like a variation of 99 beers of beer 99 bottles of beer on the wall. I think it's like 99 loaves of bread and they get to like 56. Unfortunately, of course, uh completing the the uh lemon car bingo here, uh the tire busts and Bitsy has to change a tire. But however, while they're waiting for Bitsy to change the tire, uh, Arthur's problem kind of solves itself. He goes over to a local farm stand and buys a tangerine tort, which sounds pretty good to me. Um, that's what he's going to have for his dad's birthday. He kind of gives up on making something for his dad and decides that nah, I'll just buy it from this from this farmer here, which normally their desserts are pretty good. So fi- fine choice. And even uh, even Muffy is kind of having fun. She's very inspired by Bitsy being a woman of action and changing the tire herself. Now, whether she does it all that well is kind of a little joke stinger for the end of the episode. But th- the episode ends with like them actually having so much fun on the carpool, they decide to skip out on cooking class, which they're not really having that great a time with, and to keep the carpool going. Yes. <laughs> That's that's what they decide to do, and the little the little stinger I mentioned is that like some of the some of the the nuts and bolts from the from the tire kind of fly off. So did Bitsy do the best job? I don't know, but hey, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. As long as the tire's on there, as long as it's not gonna fall off, then more power to you. So it's time for us to put our thoughts about these episodes into even more words as we talk about the final episode of season fifteen. All right, so Lucas. Grandpa Dave's memory album. I feel like this is going to be instead of like I think I agree with you in that there was not as much to put down about what mechanically happens in the episode, but in terms of how you feel about it, I'd love to I'd love to hear what you have to say. As always, yeah, I think a perfect execution on the concept they intended to do. They wanted to do an episode about Alzheimer's, dementia getting older in general, your memory's starting to go. They picked Grandpa Dave as the subject for it, as he seems to be the uh, go-to subject for episodes about getting older. They kind of let Grandma Thora uh, avoid some of these kind of harder subjects. But I think they execute upon it perfectly, where it's the right level of seriousness, taking its audience seriously, not talking down to its audience, but also making it kid-friendly. There's moments of levity throughout the episode, usually provided by uh, Francine's booby. Um, I just thought it was a really perfect episode, and I do kind of wish it was the last episode of the season, because I think it's a really nice note to end the season on. Now, I am, like you, a little bit disappointed that this is the last of Grandpa Dave, because I think he was a uh, good, albeit underutilized character, uh, but I think that this is an excellent swang song for him. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I mean, this uh, it's it's similar to our complaints about Oliver Frensky. It just, I feel like we never got to use either of them to their fullest potential enough. We saw we saw some of it, but I would have liked to see so much more. So, I will say I was expecting to to like it's like completely ball and sob watching this episode. I didn't, which I is not a mark on the ep- is not a mark against the episode, but you know, I did roll a little tear at Arthur's final line, which I wanted to make sure to put in there. I think it's very appropriate that we're talking about this now. And I also am glad that this is so deep into Arthur's run in terms of where we are. Season 15, it's like the beginning of the 2010s. And sometimes we, you know, we talk about these older seasons that we don't have any childhood memories of. 
And it's like, man, is Arthur ever going to get back to like when we from when we remember it, when it was great, you know, it's I, I, I think that's reductive. I think that Arthur is still has continued to be a quality show. But I also feel like there are still more and more time between like what I would call the all time great Arthur episodes. I would consider this among them. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the way in which Arthur as a specific show dealt with a really serious topic and it proves that you don't have to you don't have to completely appeal to one audience it's like it's okay to go general and it's okay to have a light touch in terms of like (laughs) this is kind of an unrelated rant and I'll keep this short and it's also a little half-baked because I don't watch this show but I feel like there are some shows more recently that are meant for kids that tend to have these moments that are like, no child gets this the way you're talking about this. Like Mm. I've I've seen a lot of clips of like a show like Bluey and I don't. Okay. (laughs) Whoa. The Bluey slander. (laughs) Listen, I haven't seen any Bluey. This might be a ECL origins episode for another day. Sure. Uh, I, I haven't seen any Bluey. My sister loves Bluey. Yes, and I'm a huge Bluey fan. And I have friends who like Bluey. And I, as I say, have not watched a lot of Bluey. And maybe I will someday. I I think I watched some of it once and I was like, you know what? I'm not a parent yet. Like, I don't feel like this is, I don't have a child who should be watching this. And this is just a little too kiddy for me. Like, it wasn't, but I've also seen, like, you know, clips from episodes and it's like, when Bluey decides it wants to talk about something that affects the adults who also watch it, I'm like, yeah, but it is, this is a show for kids. Like, that's that's nice, I guess, that, like, we're talking about a character's infertility. But, like... What? I don't... I don't, I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't have the context for that episode. I, like, this is... What I'm thinking is that I fear that a lot of modern media that is meant for children can get a bit lost in the sauce of talking up to adults who are also watching it because there are people our age or even older who still watch cartoons that are intended the intended primary audience is children and there's no problem with that i just think that's i i worry i say i worry this is not a trend that i see because i don't watch a whole lot of cartoons but i worry that a newer cartoon feels the need to talk as much to its adult audience as to its younger audience and it's just like you don't need to we have adult shows for adults that can tackle these problems in a way that like you know if if i can take it to something else i've been seeing on twitter a lot of people pushing back on like something like um common rider common rider which i've talked about before on the show it's it has a big adult fan base even though it is a japanese live action show that is meant for children and there are people that are just like i want common rider to have blood and i want it to have gore and i want it to be serious i'm like watch something else like yeah. that's not what I this mean, is supposed to be not to wade into this discourse i know this has been a topic of discussion <laughs> in the discord but mm. that could be a monkey's paw sometimes. For it's instance, true. what if what if someone made an adult Scooby-Doo show that didn't have <laughs> Scooby-Doo in it? <laughs> mm. yeah. It turns out that that might become a show for nobody. Mm, exactly. So the, what, the point I'm trying to make with this is, and this is something we always say when we encounter something that Arthur does really well, and that is that it talks to its intended audience with a tone of respect, but also realizing where that audience is. You might look at this and be like, I wish they would talk more in depth about grandpa Dave's. Like I wish you could, you could say I'm making, I'm making up a guy here. I'm not saying anybody has said this, but I, I could imagine somebody older watching this and being like, why wouldn't they say Alzheimer's? Why wouldn't they say dementia? Why wouldn't they talk? Why wouldn't they deal more with this? It's like, I think they did exactly as much as they should. They focused on the positives this, this episode was completely about positivity. It was framed in that way, with Bobby saying, there's a lot of good things to getting old, which is something that actually it's nice for me to think about, too. Getting old, even though, you know, uh, I don't mean to complain on here, but it's just like, you know, I have a lot of some physical ouchies. I have some mental health things going on. 
But it's also nice to know that, like, getting old is a gift in its own way. Like, Booby even says in the cold open, you know, why are you complaining? You're alive. And there is a degree of that where it's like, yeah, no, actually, getting to grow old, especially in light of what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, is is just that. It's a gift that not everybody gets. And I think that this focused on how, even though Grandpa Davis has a new reality he has to adapt to, it's going to be okay, and there's still going to be a lot of joy in his life, even as he continues down this path. And that was all communicated not indirectly. There was no need to say that indirectly. It was understood, and I feel that anybody, almost anybody can understand that, and the show helped its young audience enough to get to where it can understand that, even if it's not directly understood. Like, it's something that can sit with them. Or if they have a similar situation in their life, they can say, well, this is how Arthur felt, and this is how he handled it. Maybe I can too. Or this is how DW handled it. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe I can make a memory book. And there's not a lot of shows that can do that well enough as Arthur can and as Arthur did. So, uh, you know, it's not... Well, I was going to say it's not one of the funniest. Actually, a lot of my notes were the... Joan Rivers lines I think that was a really really great idea to have her be part of this episode and I think you kind of mentioned this Lucas it's not it's not it's not very sad it there's no time there's not a lot of time spent on Arthur and his feelings about it we're Joan Rivers is here she keeps the vibe up it's positive and in the end we come out to a place where we're okay with it we're okay with what is as Kat mentioned in her email a really really bad situation in all, no matter how you slice it, it's one of the worst things that can happen to a human being. But you leave this episode being like, okay, maybe like maybe it's not all going to be awful from here on, and that's great. Like I, it's, it's it's so good. It's it's tackling an issue as only Arthur can, and the fact that it was the last traditionally animated episode of the season is like Arthur is still proving why it's still it still has it this deep into its life into its life cycle. Uh, and then... <laughs> and then there's Buster's Carpool Catastrophe, which I keep almost accidentally calling Buster's Carpool Karaoke, which would be an insult to this Arthur episode. Yeah. Yeah, and then we kind of have to end it with this. I thought it was okay. Like, it, it's kind of it's kind of a strange conceit. It's just like, Buster's really jazzed about a carpool? Okay, well, we got we have to fill twelve minutes to finish out the finish out the season. So, uh, sure. There's elements in here I kind of thought were funny. I liked uh, Chef Pufo. I thought that was a fun throwaway character. I liked Bitsy's awful car, and like it's like the most stereotypically terrible car. Um, that was funny. All of the situations, like Buster, he has to have a jar, a, like a bowl of eggs with him this time. You know, it all kind of set itself up. And then we got to the end where it's like, actually, we're having more fun with this. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like Muffy would hate this through and through, even if um, things kind of went her way. So, like, <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of done watching Arthur after Grandpa Dave's memory album. But then it's like, OK, let's keep going. Uh, all right. All right. That's that is an Arthur episode for you. So, like, I thought it was fine. I don't really have any strong feelings on it. So I accidentally watched these in the wrong order. I watched this that's, one first. Oh, that's, that's actually probably way better. And it does help this episode in spades. It's I a very bet it fun does. episode. Uh, all the jokes work. All the, the crappy car jokes work. All the French chef jokes work. All the, uh, you know, just Muffy just turning her nose up at everyone works. Um, it's it's one of those Arthur episodes where there's no moral. It's just kind of like a, a sitcom, basically. Like, you could see this being yes. a, a Seinfeld episode, everybody getting upset in their, their carpool and learning to overcome it. Um, so, yeah, just a fun, light episode, which, yeah, is done a disservice, I think, by being paired <laughs> with Grandpa Dave's uh, memory album. Yeah, so if you haven't watched the Arthur episode yet, like, definitely go in reverse order. Go Carpool Catastrophe and then... Uh, Grandpa Dave's memory album. I think that's that's way better, and maybe we should maybe we should have done that. But that but this is this is how it originally aired in that order: Grandpa Dave and then the carpool. So I got to experience it as it was. Lucas, perhaps you experienced it how it should have been. And that's there we have it. I know this is if I I don't mean to like be like this is the end of the show. It's not not the end of the podcast, but it does feel like an end of the era. Like we have been kind of anticipating this for a long time and it's taken us uh seven, seven six and a half years 
to run run into what's going to be the Flash era of Arthur saying goodbye to traditional animation. Now, it's not as traditional as it gets because, you know, in the past few seasons, they've been using, like, digital coloring, and it has looked... It's been aided by computers. I could have sworn I saw some motion tweens when mm. Bitsy pulled the car over. Could very well be. I think they would... What's probably most likely is they had been using digital techniques for the last couple of seasons, and then they're just fully going into um, the in, into Flash as as just a. I'm I I'm gonna have to do some looking into it. Gonna have to do some research. I imagine cost probably plays a part of it, but it's also I think it's I I I took one last one last watch of the theme song. I don't watch the opening usually when we watch these episodes, but that is like... Well, there's two types of people, Will. I watch it every week. <laughs> that's good. That's good, and you should, and it's great. I just like, you know, I just want to get to the... I'm I'm eager to get to the episode, so I usually skip ahead. I didn't do that this time, and I made sure to watch it very closely because that is the first piece... That's the first piece of traditional animation that you see in any Arthur episode, and for 15 seasons, that's what we saw because starting in season 16, they... They redo that. They redo it in many key ways that I'm sure we will talk about right away. Um, so yeah, I'm sad to see it go. It means that we're really entering a time of Arthur that neither of us, neither you nor I, are really familiar with in any way. This is new, very new to us. And if you've listened to any of our commentaries, we've had our own thoughts on the Flash animation look of Arthur, which we will talk about in the next episode. But yeah, it feel like I'm sad to I'm sad to see the the traditional ways go because Arthur can Arthur has looked very very good. You go back to those old seasons that you know the original pilot season was like really expensive, but you can tell because the animation is so good, and it's not just yeah. because it was made in tradition more traditional ways. It just sometimes the show just looks really really good. The I would describe the original three seasons as painterly. Mm, mm, yes. Listen, folks, it's a new era. We're 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 diving headfirst into uncharted waters. Uh, you can always go back and watch the old episodes of Arthur. They'll always be there. And hey, if you miss traditional anthem animation, go dig out your Akira Blu-ray and be like, <laughs> wow. Sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we really did ruin the animation industry, didn't we? And once you come to terms with that and you, you know, you know, it's only downhill from here. You can accept this new season for what it is. And I'm excited to go on this journey. I think I'll make that the title of the episode. We really did ruin the animation industry, didn't we? Um, yeah. So we do have a bit of a journey over the next couple of weeks. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Elwood City Limits. So if you are on the Patreon, next week you are going to be hearing two things. You are going to be getting the ECL Origins episode about Yvonne of the Yukon. Speaking of other things I have to do research on, that's going to be f- fun. The Canadian cartoon about a uh, a cl- uh, what's that period of fr- like uh, a, a basically hundreds year old Frenchman who gets frozen in the Canadian uh, North and found by the indigenous people there. Yes, it's gonna it's gonna get weird. It's gonna get gross. I'm really looking <laughs> forward to revisiting this. Yes, uh, apparently it's culturally insensitive to every culture except the indigenous people of the Canadian North, who are treated with the most dignity. Out of everybody, but French people, brace yourselves, you're on notice. (laughs) So that's happening only on our Patreon. You're also going to get early access to our season 15 recap, where Lucas and I are going to be doing our top five episodes of the season, and we're going to be encapsulating our feelings about, uh, well, leaving season 15 and going into the next season. So, patrons, that's going to be coming out for you next week. Uh, If you're on the free feed, you're going to get that Season 15 recap a week later, plus a preview of our ECL Origins episode about Yvonne of the Yukon. That's going to be in one big audio file for you, and I hope you enjoy that. Remember, patreon.com slash Limits if you would like that earlier and in full. Then, once we're through with that, coming up in February on both the Patreon and on the free feed, Season 16 is here. The Flash years are here. The first episode of Season 16 is called Based on a True Story. It's a double episode, and we're going to finally learn about LaDonna and Bud. 
These, these are characters that we've seen in the commentaries. We have a loose grasp on. And unfortunately, it seems LaDonna comes with a bit of baggage from the fan base. So we're going to start making our own opinions as we move forward into a brand new era of the show that we have been talking about for nearly seven years. And Lucas, I just hope we have as much fun with the show as we've always had. And we will, I think, we'll both be keeping an open mind. And I'm interested to see what our thoughts, how our thoughts evolve as we move into a new style and a new era of Arthur. And that's it for Elwood City Limits this week. My name is Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini... I'm sad, I'm broke, why isn't there anything good on TV? Please, stop complaining. We'll see you next time.